Okay, let's get started. Uh, I already see some people here, including some speakers, so that's wonderful. I'm David from Dexy, and today's topic of our DAO talk is DAO evolution and whether and how it's been stunted and what could be done about it, and really anything DAO as always. Uh, we have Dr. Nick and me already here, another uh, speaker, another panelist might join us a bit later. Uh, so I will uh, now hand it over to them to introduce themselves and then yeah, we'll get to DAOs. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having us in. Hi, guys. This is Mia. You, you guys want to say something about yourselves and what you're working on for the audience, just, you know, as, a, as an intro? Sure. Um, so, yeah. Um, my name's Nick. I'm the uh, founder of Factory Dow, now CEO of Factory Labs. Uh, we're building a um, DAO execution framework with a kind of modular DAO execution framework, which has a suite of DAPs. Um, and yeah, we're trying to push the DAO space forward, improving token economics, very token economics focused, particularly on the launch and management of a token economy via DAO governance. And we're very interested in NFT governance, identity, on-chain meritocracy, and reputation. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me today. So my name is Mia. I am the co-founder of The Pass. So The Pass is a DAO aggregator and search engine in the space. Uh, it has been trusted by many well-known DAOs like MakerDAO, MinBizDAO. Bankless DAO, ApeCoin DAO, BitDAO, and many more other DAOs. Um, we started the project in late 2021, and we have right now aggregated over 30,000 DAOs on our platform, and which um, actually makes us the largest DAO data source in the space right now. Um, yeah, thank you um, again for inviting me for the DAO Twitter space. It's always a pleasure to meet new DAO friends here thank you yeah thank you nice meeting both nick and Mia, and obviously both your experts and DAOs, which is of course why you're here and why it's gonna be an interesting conversation so uh let's just kind of establish the the basis of where we're at with DAOs today in terms of you know there was the DAO. there were even before then there was conceptual ideas of the DAO, where DAOs or any sort of decentralized corporations, organizations, and the Lorimers did their DAC thing. And of course, then the DAO happened and the hack happened. Then the original explosion of the DAOs. And now there's, you know, newer forms of governance, new tools coming out and all those kind of things. But uh, in your vision, in your personal and of course, professional experience, what would the ideal DAO look like? What's your ideal DAO? You, that's an interesting question. Um, the ideal DAO, um, is one that I think it has a healthy token economy. So, um, a lot of the DAOs that we see, um, at the moment have a very sort of cornered token supply. So token distribution really matters. So, um, we, there'll be a really good distribution if there's a fungible token doing governance. Um, it's not heavily skewed towards a few token holders. Um, ideally, I see a ideal ha DAO having a kind of tiered governance structure where you have a fungible token doing very the plutocratic style governance, but a um, non-financial element to the governance. So we think a lot of that will arrive from NFT-based governance where we can have reputation, um, which allows as to nuance decision-making towards particular actors in the DAO. So instead of it just being who's got the most money, it's got who's, who's got the most um, inf informed um, approach to the governance. So who's doing the work, um, who's doing, who should have the influence is not necessarily di uh, linked directly to who's got the most money. So a meritocratic governance system, I would say, Another element of an ideal DAO would be um, it would be a meta DAO. So a DAO with an overarching governance structure that looks after the token economics and treasury, um, really high stakes layer one decision making, and then substructures um, in the form of sub DAOs uh, with a kind of fractal 
governance structure where decision making can be located around uh, specific domains with people who understand the the context of that particular thing. Um, so yeah, they're the kind of three things that jump out at my mind. Yeah, and you touched on so many things that I absolutely agree with, especially meritocratic. And you didn't say it you know, straight up, but I'm, you know, whenever I hear about centralization and screwing up tokenomics, of course, I'm thinking of the team and, and uh, you know, early investors in the whales. And uh, with all of the credit due to them, of course, especially the team. Hi, sorry, I'm late. I was, uh, I was driving. Hi, Bruno. <laughs> We're just talking about... So, Bruno, by the way, this is the third speaker, so in the moment, I'll ask computers himself, but uh, we're just talking about Nick was talking, and um, I asked the question about the ideal DAO, and Nick laid out his vision, which I largely pretty much agree with in terms of um, making tokenomics work for everyone, not just the centralizing it towards the team and early investors and having meritocracy involved, so it's not just people with the most tokens or the most money who are funding everything but people who actually earned their reputation via nfts for example which again something that i know dexy really believe in as well uh and um having basically a meta DAO where there are a bunch of sub DAOs uh, working on specific things in terms of kind of like working groups right uh some very interesting points that i again i <laughs> agree with all of them uh and um yeah well I, actually i'll shut up now but um Brilla, Introduce yourself real quick, and then um, I would love to hear the thoughts from both me and yourself on, on the same question of the ideal DAO, in your opinion. Yep, one second. Let me just hear a little. All right, can you hear me? Test, test. Yep. Can you? All good. Go ahead. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. Hi. So I am uh, I'm Bruno. I work uh, with Remark, and Remark is just um, a set of a team working on a set of um, NFT 2.0 standard that are now ERCs that allow you to take NFTs to the next level. And one of those applications is actually reputation, meritocracy, tracking actual contributions on chain and off-chain, and then applying those contributions to your voting weight so that your participation in a DAO is no longer bureaucratic, but instead can be weighed against your actual, you know, contributions and and how, how much you know about a certain topic. So it can be categorized. You can have a reputation for, let's say, there's a track for voting on treasury proposals. So then you can have a reputation for treasury voter or whatever. And then there's one for upgrading the contract via the proxy pattern. So you could have the reputation of a core engineer, core voter. Um, and so the more you participate in a certain track, the more your merit, your reputation grows in that track. And if you fade out for a long time, if you don't participate, then it, it can start to decay. And using this method, you not only avoid the pitfall of, you know, plutocracy, but also avoid the pitfall of not being able to catch up to any early adopters. Because by definition, if you join something very early, you will, well, maybe not soon, but eventually you will lose interest in it. Um, you will not be as active as you were in the beginning. And this is just a part of human nature. So if you apply this to, to DAOs, then, you know, you can always be sure that there's always going to be kind of um, a layer of fresh blood and a layer of enthusiasm in the DAO as uh, new kids join and grow their reputation from zero. And they can't catch up to the, you know, veterans who faded the DAO and left and who let their reputation decay. And if some of those don't, if they stick around and if they maintain their reputation, if they keep building it, if they keep contributing, then, you know, everybody's better off for it because they really are involved and they really are participating and contributing how they should be. So it's a self-correcting system in a way that I'm very excited about piloting in, in many different applications. 
Do you see ways of actually uh, fighting the burnout of the veterans of the original um, participants, the OGs, right? Um, in terms of not just reputation, right, but in in keeping people interested enough, excited enough to keep building, and not just say, okay, well, these people burned out, so let's bring in the new ones, right? Um, ideally, I would assume DAO should have um, both fresh blood and old blood both super engaged and, and, and actually wanting to govern, right? Yeah, I don't see how you could... Uh, retention uh, is like an internal eternal problem for DAOs, and I don't see how to do it other than just piloting this system, because this system is the only one that ensures that things are constantly happening, that people are both visually and, you know, utility-wise rewarded for their activity. They get the reputation, they get merit, and their voice matters more. There's nothing more discouraging to me in terms of participating in the ecosystem than being made completely irrelevant by somebody who just swoops in with $10 million local votes. So this is not something that keeps me engaged. Would keep me engaged is the gamification. Well, that's me personally. I love gamification and stuff. But also the fact that I can always make a difference. I just regularly contribute there's no way that somebody can regularly contribute more than i do um and there's no way that somebody can buy their way to the top so to me this would be interesting as both veteran and well i'm not sure if i can writers um across the board well that they think it's worth a shot gotcha um mia you want to weigh in on your ideal dow what's your vision uh, sure. Um, so firstly, I think the uh, definition of DAO for me is um, is that a, a group of people that owns the funds and resources together and then to like make decision together. So uh, ideal DAO for me, it would be the, uh, the group has a uh, capacity to uh, run the funds and resources good and then to make this decision um, in a good way. So, um, when it comes to the specific, like native metric, uh, to value the DAO or value the ideal DAO, uh, would be what, what, what leads to the, uh, treasury and governance. So, um, so as for me, a good DAO will have an ideal amount of treasury assets, not only of that, but also a diversified of treasury, uh, like they do not only own the native token, etc. They also will like involve the active participation of governance, so that both combining those factors together, then they will have a give status quo as a good DAO and or a surviving DAO. Um, and I think um, also to have a sustainable um, like income to make the DAO survive and also thrive is also important because I. I have seen a lot of DAO that actually have a really active community that they like participate in the DAO governance a lot and actually have an ideal like amount of the treasury, but it didn't work it out because uh, they they didn't find a good token economics or they didn't find a sustainable income, so they 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 did not like last long. So I think. Uh, a ideal DAO for me right now will have a ideal treasury and then have a like engagement like a really active uh community which will be l- related to the governance as well um and then to have a sustainable income to make the DAO more sus- like for the aims for aiming for the long run yeah that's um my ideal DAO Actually, speaking of tragedy, I'm curious what you guys think about uh, motivation for members in terms of uh, is it enough to have intrinsic motivation by the mission of the DAO? Is it more of a monetary motivation of getting paid for contributions uh, or, you know, promise of future awards, whether it be drops or something else, uh, or combination of drops, of course. Um, what's, what's the glue that kind of holds people together in the DAO? For anyone, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting question. I, I think ideally it's a mix of both, right? So that your real motivation has some kind of synthesis of both intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. 
Um, the intrinsic stuff will al align through a kind of self-selecting. Um, if you buy in and you, you buy into the down, not just financially, but because it's values aligned, then you're, you're going to care about the outcome. So if you're joining a DAO because you want to see whatever the DAO is doing perform and realize, then you're going to be motivated to turn up and get involved in the governance. Um, but I do think these are systems which are fundamentally sort of crypto economic primitives, right? So these are systems which are driven by incentives. So um, there should basically, if you're, what we found is a lot of DAOs that sort of over rely on intrinsic motivation like we want people to turn up and do this because it's good for the DAO um, and that is sort of very flimsy um, a kind of uh, incentive structure so yeah for the way I see it we've got tokens right tokens are incentive alignment mechanisms these are things that we can use to A attribute value but B align incentives between a distributed group of people and the goals of a collective so I think what we've largely been missing is very sort of nuanced alignment mechanisms that, that come through tokens in a way that distribute DAO assets out to out to people. Um, I think I think Mia mentioned it earlier that um, if that's all in the native token for the DAO, then people are going to be very wary of it because it just feels like constant sell pressure. So um, the way I think about it is you have your diverse treasury of assets, which should include ETH and stables. Um, and if you're incentivizing people to do work, the bulk of that should come from assets that can be sold so that people can live um, and not depress the price of the token, but also get exposure to the upside of a DAO through distribution of the, of the network asset. So yeah, ideally a combination of both. You need mechanisms to generate the alignment through values like this is who we are this is what we're doing um and that should be collaboratively generated rather than centralized team says this is this is our values um and then real coherent incentive structures that arise from both hard assets and DAO assets yeah and that definitely makes sense actually i was wondering for tokens I'm looking at the different DAOs, and of course, there's different ways of counting DAOs, um, you know, versus just snapshot spaces. But from at least the Deep DAO uh, website and the statistics they're doing, it it looks like something like maybe 1.6% of DAOs have more than 100 members, right? 100 more than 100 token holders. So I wonder uh, why why do so few DAOs actually have any sort of membership that resembles a centralized autonomous organization how do we get more people to participate and you know kind of follow-up question do we need to have more people participate maybe the idea of a million person DAO is, is a bit too much open to everyone by the way I'm yeah every question I ask is kind of open to everyone um well I mean I can chime in here I think that democracy as a system is incredibly retarded and should be avoided at all costs, which is what you actually get with meritocracy and reputation-based tracking. So if you can get a million people to contribute and build reputation, then yes, you should absolutely have DAOs with a million members because then you can actually find out who's capable at, you know, which skill, which category, who can read about different things the best. And over time, you end up with a kind of, uh, you know, different groups of specialists, which in theory, should be able to guide the DAO properly. Um, a million members, where each member is statistically insignificant in the shadow of uh, a cabal of early buyers or VCs who invested early or founders who have 95% of the tokens, that obviously makes absolutely no sense because nobody will feel appreciated. Although, how do you get the million users to actually participate? Well, by making them feel meaningful, by making them feel useful giving them agency well, when you are outvoted politically you don't have agency so i would say yes million users but you know focus on application meritocracy to make them feel validated yeah I, I, i'll add to that a little bit i think um of all those you know thirty thousand DAOs out there um 
I think you could take that number of there's a hundred token holders, but how many are actually participating and you can take another one, two percent slice of that. Um, so yeah, most uh, certainly in the moment, most DAOs are completely dormant. And um, what you've got is this um, sort of strange scenario where there's people who are just buying some DAO tokens to speculate and um, be part of it. And that is a that is a stakeholder, I would say, in the DAO. By buying it, they're almost funding the DAO activity. Um, but yeah, you it's really about engagement. And like Bruno's saying is absolutely spot on. You need mechanisms for being able to elevate um, people out of just this purely passive state into something that actually productive towards the DAO outcome. Um, so yeah, it, I, I think a DAO could be incredibly um, powerful with a, a dozen members, right? Um, but could have alignment with 10,000 via token holders. Um, so it's like, how do you curate out from the, the the large group the people who are actually going to do stuff and i think that's largely where the next sort of era goes with the with, with reputation systems like bruno's talking about yeah i'm also i think the um i think the problem is not like how to get millions of people participate i think the problem is that how to would be like more how to like make the down more sustainable because um if all of the contributor keeps getting uh, all of the conversation which normally would be the tokens there would be a lot of like a selling uh selling uh selling pressure in the market and we we've seen a lot of DAOs just um diminished because of that and they going to the downtrend uh in the long run so i think the problem is that yeah just some um, how to make the whole ecosystem like work better how to how do we like incentive all of the contributor in the long run so um we do have an example um that um when yeah yeah when we go to the uh, our last circle about the game buy uh there is project called ygg so basically they are a gaming DAO. um they like compensate all of the uh, uh scholars with the tokens they earned in the uh within the game um all of the scholars we, we can basically enroll as many as scholars into the ecosystem but why do this start because uh, the incentives are not enough so uh, the tokens is going down and they they feel it's kind of like ways to play the game or something like that so i think they stop participating in not they they are not interested anymore or they don't want to do it anymore they just feel it's not it's yeah it's uh it's um it's just they they don't like um, compensate it as uh, before when they participate in. So I think um the the way to make the DAO more sustainable is uh yeah to to have more organic income, not just like uh, releasing the tokens to uh to to the contributors, um and then we can have like mass adoption to get all of the people like um participate in the future work um and then. Yeah, that's how we think how to get the more people into the DAO space. I, I really like the organic income part. Uh, I was talking about this earlier in another live, how I'm a huge fan of uh, public goods and, and also blockchain gaming. And like you mentioned with that game, there's always kind of going to zero effect for the token, right? Um, because more people are getting it, but not enough value is going. So, how do you do that, right? Um, the only thing I can think of is with the old Web2 models of, you know, advertising or memberships or services, obviously, for which the fee is charged. And, and we are seeing that in DeFi more and more. Um, have you guys seen or thought of anything that could really create a healthy loop of, of income, of revenue uh, that does not go to zero, that the DAOs can, can rely on in some way? Um, yeah, I mean, there's not been a huge amount of, um, I think this is what Nate from Token Dynamics calls demand side token economics, where, you know, the idea is that we have these decentralized applications that generate fees. So one of the things we've seen, it's not a DAO, but um, FriendTech over the last month or so has generated nearly $10 million in fees. Um, so they've got the demand side, right? They've got a fee model in a DAO 
that's generating revenue from users using the app. Now, we just need dApps that actually generate active users and collect fees. And once those fees, and they're collected in E, for example, and they can go into a treasury, and that's liquid capital that the DAO can work with. I think mostly what we've been stuck with is um, token models where we've got this kind of useless governance token dynamic where the token just does governance and doesn't do anything else. There's no core fee models. I think largely we've just got immature token economics. We've we've seen some of these dApps. I always bring up Lux Rare, um, which generated something like $180 million in fees when it was working largely through this kind of speculative farming game. Um, but in two, three months, it generated a vast amount of, of fee revenue. Um, so yeah, the way I see it, the, the, the DAO has a token economy. Um, the token should provide some kind of utility. Uh, largely being very disappointed in the focus of token economics over the last few years. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we're missing. We're missing dApps that have clear and obvious um, revenue models, fee structures, and the fee structure goes to a DAO rather than just exited out of the, the ecosystem. So I'm, I'm presuming when Frentech adds its token, um, it will have some kind of, it, they'll have to decentralize and they'll have to start looking at, at DAO-like structures to be able to, to handle a token like that if they do it. Um, so yeah, that's what we're missing. Um, good token economics from dApps that actually do something. I've also seen the same starting to take place at uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. There, it's interesting how they're trying to capitalize social capital or into revenue model and kind of you know begging the question of when is is it true decentralized DAO uh, organization will do the same, whether it's, you know, Leinster or Favor, Farcaster, or, or maybe nothing, but maybe Frentech will just dominate or Rex will just dominate. Um, do you see people demanding um, or even showing interest in, in the DAOs themselves in any sort of large scale other than the superficial you know chasing of tokens of rewards etc do you see enough passion in the market right now for let's build this shit in a way um or is it more like let's just wait for the bull market and then see what happens um yeah this is a really good question at the moment the sentiment for DAOs is absolutely in the gutter and to largely for a very good reason um We've had these DAOs that basically weren't really DAOs. They were set up with huge power asymmetries. So um, you've got your people who buy in the sort of retail side of the market or the participants um, just feel totally disempowered. And I think Bruno hit the nail on the head when he was talking about agency and empowerment earlier. Um, so right now, currently, almost zero passion for DAOs. People don't see them as something that they even want largely even you know some of the big thought leaders just really hate them um because largely decentralization is difficult right it's not an easy thing to do it slows things down it distributes power it largely the community just want you know some centralized team to pump their bags and largely they get stuck in this yeah just passive role um i do anticipate there being a shift in that dynamic when we see some DAOs that actually work where actual empowerment happens where people like oh, I actually enjoy being a part of this community I do feel like I'm having an influence over this system um, that doesn't happen with current plutocratic models people come in by a hundred dollars of tokens and their vote is just minuscule the, there was a vote recently on Lido DAO they were asking like should we throttle our um growth for the good of ethereum and it was like 99.8 percent no let's keep going but if you actually looked at the vote around 48 percent of the actual voters said uh, no it's just that they had so few tokens compared to the to the three people there was actually three people voting 
that materially could have changed the vote either way. If they changed their vote to no, then it would have flipped the other way. So the, you, what you've got is like literally three people who can change the dynamic and decision-making, then what's the point of, of participating in? So it's no real wonder that uh, DAO participants just aren't that into DAOs at the moment because they're totally disempowered. Um, but I do think a few of these governance models land and um, people realize they can earn some money from participating in the DAO. They realize that their contribution actually materially makes the project better. And all of a sudden, that's when the demand will come in. That's when people say, actually, DAOs are better projects to be a part of because I'm not dependent on some centralized team to pump the bags for me because actually that's not very decentralized and we're not really doing anything. Um, so yeah, we're just waiting for the right models to to land, which actually give people real agency in a DAO and then people start demanding it. That's that's where I think the, the shift will come But those um um uh, just a question here um those um three uh like voters in the little DAO uh, they can be like delegators because um as we can see a lot of um with the larger of the DAO um the yeah the the, the tokens will be more centralized to like those specific delegators according to the data yeah they weren't they weren't delegated this was just raw token holdings so um so. Arbitrum is a good example of this. Um, actually, really great governance participation in Arbitrum at the moment. Um, Disruption Joe's doing some really nice work on involving, you know, broader amounts of people to get involved in the governance, and they pick a delegate that acts on their behalf. I'm a little bit bearish on delegated token models because it does centralize um, the power around those key stakeholders. You know, in theory, you could just DM about 15 people. And it, and swing votes that way, uh, but yeah, no, Lido just raw token holdings. There's um, and it would you know small participation. I think there's that I always bring up Compound DAO. There's thirty eight thousand token holders of Comp tokens, and then twelve people vote, and it's like a sixteen Z, you know, Stanford blockchain community, what whatever. Um, and, and that's the dynamic that's got to change. There's just over power centralization around the token holders. And that's why people don't vote. There's actually, they like, they call this sort of, uh, political theory, just dumb votes or donkey votes where people just come in, just vote for whatever reason, if they're going to get paid something. Um, but yeah, just total disempowerment. And that's why we're missing real engagement. Yeah, I mean, even if they were delegates, it's still a question of should delegates have that much power to swim the boat that much, right? Um, I don't want to plug Dexy too much, but the way we're dealing with that is creating quadratic, uh, we're implementing quadratic voting where a single delegate, um, if they accumulate too much power, then uh, the sort of voting coefficient, the multiplier, gets lowered so that uh, they don't accumulate as much voting power as they would in a linear system. So that kind of gives smaller delegates more power uh, and smaller holders more power. But that's just obviously one approach. Um, there's hopefully going to be several to, to choose from and to, to kind of experiment with. But regardless, especially for Lido being, you know, already over-centralizing for Ethereum and the danger coming from that, having three votes to essentially centralize it even further inside everything, that could be... Uh, huge kind of systemic risk event for the Ethereum ecosystem in general. That's pretty scary. Um, what, um, wonder, so, you know, with the delegation model, like, yeah, I talked about quadratic voting, but do you guys see any, any other models or anything that can be adjusted about delegation or about voting that can make it both effective and impactful while keeping it, you know, anti-plutocratic, keeping it actually decentralized. Um, because it's not just money, right? Like most projects right now are financial or many are financial for sure. And maybe most of them will be in some shape or form, but 
there's also you know political DAOs, there's uh, social DAOs, there's all sorts of nonprofit DAOs, and all kinds of mission-driven DAOs. And if they're able to, and this is my kind of all dream, if they're able to seriously change politics to give more voice to the people and make politics more transparent or make um, giving more transparent and much of other things more transparent, um, having too much power in the hands of one delegate and one vote or one token holder, whatever it is, is is not really much of an improvement, right? So what are the ways you can think of uh, fighting that, of um, lessening the risk of that? Well, I think reputation fixes that automatically because even if a delegate has a lot of vote, his vote is worth zero. If he has zero merit and reputation in a certain category. So if you have some delegate who has a million, you know, delegations, but he has only voted for four upgrades, his treasury proposal vote will still be worth one as if he has never voted. Um, and so his delegation power doesn't seem to matter that much. This is why uh, I think that delegation in general is not useful and should not be perceived at all because it is equivalent to saying, eh, I don't care, you vote for me. And that's not government. So this is why um, if a DAO should have delegation at all, I believe it should have um, only a fraction of the forwarded power, which means that you would pass along maybe 1% of the amount of tokens delegated. If I have, if I delegate 100 tokens, it's easy if I'm delegated one token to you. Um, no more than that. And uh, this is because people who delegate, they don't want to or cannot or have no time to actively participate and therefore their votes literally shitty piano. Um, you are not participating in the DAO. You can pretend you are, but you're just gambling with the token like most other people. And so... By that extension, your vote should be worth much less than somebody who takes the time to read a proposal, voice their opinion on it, and uh, participate in these discussions. We have seen from uh, real-life examples on the uh, world's biggest DAO right now, which is Okarada and Kusama, um, which is also, those are also broken as they are right now. They're still the world's biggest DAOs, and they have auto-enforcing votes. So they're not just like Snapshot, where you essentially have it's basically glorified Twitter polls uh, that are non-binding to the core team. In Polkadot and Kisama, you must execute whatever was voted on because it will automatically execute. There is no way around it. Um, and so we've seen these problems there. We've seen people not participating. We've seen people delegating and then people going wild in votes. And we have also seen what awaits every single plutocratic DAO out there, the ultimate captures by wearing and so this is why that, those DAOs are now being um, controlled by two or three whales on every proposal regarding every single track. And uh, nobody can do anything about it because nobody really implemented reputation in that. And for you have these VCs with enormous bags that have zero technical knowledge that, you know, couldn't hella world code their way out of a main, um, but they are nonetheless voting on core upgrades, um, content materials, um, event proposals, everything from, you know, things that they know about to things that they've never heard about. And this, this can only be fixed with reputation. It really cannot be fixed by, by quadratic votes. It cannot be fixed by delegation mechanisms. It will always end up being plutocratic unless you have reputation and unless you detach monetary value from voting power. Yeah, I'd just going to plus one i think reputation is basically the next era of, of dow governance um and yeah it, it really comes down to aggregating power in the dow through uh different mechanisms through just pure token holdings so uh one of the ways that we're looking at it is through basically collecting um claims like sbts so your history of participation in the dow it drives your power in the dow there's a few interesting mechanisms um, that so we're quite interested in quadratic voting as well, um, largely because it gives you a kind of vote a way to nuance voting power and DAO in a way that is non-plutocratic. So if everyone comes in with an NFT that comes with let's say a hundred voice credits each, and then you can change that budget based on. It could be something like the NFT schemes that uh, that Bruno's building and, and 
what's what's in your wallet, what's your history of participation. Um, I think there's there's some interesting other models. I, I think what's um, happened with nouns down um, is very interesting at the moment. So forking is one way that's actually been very underexplored in DAOs, um, largely because the mechanisms have been missing. Um, but when you get significant consensus splits within a DAO, you might be able to just fork the treasury. And that basically, what that did in nouns was that there was quite a centralized team that, you know, a lot of people um, were unhappy with the power asymmetry in there. So they forked them out. And some people will just cash out their tokens and exit their uh, share of the ETH. Um, but that's a relatively underexplored consensus mechanism that I'd, I'd like to see more of. Um, but yeah, I think we we need to move towards what I call informed consensus, where you've got, instead of just how much money you've got, you've got a decision weighted due to domain-specific knowledge. Um, so how do you appraise a member's knowledge or ability to make decisions over time? And that's largely purely through looking at how people have performed and whether their decisions have been good or not. Um, so you need these kind of iterative cycles where you retrospect who were the voters who made the good decisions. And and this is a real affordance of DAOs. Like in organizations, you don't get decision-making provenance like you do in DAOs. You can, in theory, imagine a DAO that's been running for several years and you'll be able to look back through the entire history of decision-making and see what the good decisions were and who made them. And and that's how you can sort of derive domain-specific and um, performance-specific um, voting power. Um, so, yeah, that's where I think it's going to happen. Yep, agreed. And uh, this is actually exactly what the SPT approach. We've taken the SPT2 approach where you can just basically soul-bound any reputational NFTs inside of the parent NFT, which can be an avatar or your reputation booklet or whatever else. If you want to check out the tech behind this, this is forward backwards compatible with 721s and forward compatible with anything built on these standards as well. So I've just tweeted the ECC talk where I where I mentioned these standards. This is all open and free to use and we we're ready to assist any developers who want to stand with this. There's no costs attached, there's no token we're trying to sell. We just want this technology out there. So if anybody wants to expose it or experiment with it, um, check out the video in my, my latest feed and I'll be happy to talk to you about it uh, afterwards. Wonderful, Brie. I'm definitely interested in that. Um, yeah, let's let's find a sign to talk about that. Love how the connections are made right on, on the air. This is beautiful. Uh, I'm wondering though, and this is kind of, for me, it's a fantasy, but I wonder if it's possible. I know technically it's very difficult, but uh, do you think it will be possible at some point to uh, build reputation or to prove reputation, I guess, and to give stronger voting power to people within specific uh, focus areas, specific subject expertise areas in terms of like um, people who are experts at the tech, uh, you could see the experts in the tech and they get their decisions and on tech and their proposals on tech get higher weight, right? Uh, those who are legal experts and those kind of decisions, they get higher weighting on, uh, you know, et cetera, marketing, business development, whatever it is, so that it's not just uh, how good they are at voting, how good they are making decisions on everything, but trying to figure out who are actual experts on specific things and, and empowering them, obviously with the with the transparency of the blockchain and with some sort of reputation management. Yeah, I think I think that's actually we can do this very easily. Also, like built into this whole system um, by just social consensus. In the same way that most people think that Bitcoin is worth twenty seven thousand dollars, just because they think that that's why it's worth that much, uh, even though it's you know and worse with Polish food. So when you have something that the community of holders can agree on, then that is what becomes true. We have the same method uh, for account restoration in case we're, you know, losing access to your account. If you have non-transferable tokens in your address that represent your reputation and you lose access to the account, or you lose your reputation, that would be a shame, right? And so we have this concept of semi-bound tokens here. You can effectively propose, I'll, as a total outsider, you can propose the migration of non-transferable tokens to a new location. And since it's one to seven, it should solve all problems. 
if your proposal, which is backed by some collateral that you must deposit, is agreed upon by the majority of the other token holders of these reputational tokens, which means that your entire community that you're trying to get to reach both agrees to both, then your thing that is non-transferable becomes transferable just this one and no more. And so this will allow you to basically restore your account in case they loss if you can prove by social consensus that it is indeed you behind that wallet. And the same applies to proving expertise, i.e. minting new reputation of a different kind into a fresh account. So if I, you know, this is, um, I don't know, if LexNode comes in and says, I want to be the legal expert of this DAO at uh, level 10 reputation, and we all know who LexNode is, then we will collectively vote for it to give him you know, a boost to a level 10 of legal vote inside of that DAO right off the bat without any gate participating in the want for two years to get that proportion. But I think through social consensus, enforce on-chain, this is very important, enforce on-chain social consensus, uh, you can basically do anything and should do anything like that. Um, yeah, I, sort of final words for me, I've just got to go and pick my daughter up, so I'm, but um, I think this is kind of the holy grail. Um, what what we're looking for is can you nuance someone's power in a DAO based on what they know and how you appraise it um so one of the ways we've been thinking about this and so my background's in education and learning theory so one of the ways is to actually assess people's knowledge so you actually build a kind of framework for actually quantizing someone's knowledge and ability i get sort of slightly worried that we're going to end up trying to just input into into DAOs where i can say oh great i've got a phd in physics which i did 10 years ago whereas an undergrad could beat me in a in a physics uh, assessment right now because they're just knowledge is fresher so I, one of the things i think we should stay away from is just importing old world sensibilities into DAO, DAOs and trying to find new pseudonymous ways of appraising knowledge. Um, but really, for me, a lot of it will come down to essentially histories of contribution. So here's my, uh, from my account, I can track on chain, this is what I have contributed to in this domain. And that's incontrovertible proof for doing it. Um, one of the things that we've got quite close to um, it's a prediction market where we can actually calculate with high fidelity the history of parties the history of good predictions over time and that's doable because we've got on-chain oracles that said what the price was and people's performance over time and that's a rel relatively incontrovertible reputation factor um so yeah that that's one of the things that i think um you can do is like literally track people's performance and codify that into a pseudonymous identity. Um, and the other is competitions. So who produced the best work? So I think the Lexnode example is a good one. We all know he's a killer crypto lawyer. Um, but I do slightly worry about just passing over reputation because of esteem factors. It'd be good if we can quickly um, establish if someone is actually who they say they are. Lex might be um, a brilliant crypto lawyer, but will he actually do anything for the DAO? So I think it's um, what have you done and was it good is the primarily uh, way to reduce these things. Um, so yeah, I think Holy Grail, I would love to see lo loads of people running at this in the near future. I've, be I've been expecting the reputation um, dynamic in crypto to since like 2016 it's one of the things that got everyone excited about ethereum uh but largely has been rather uh neglected so yeah i'm hoping the next year is the reputation war uh in crypto because that's what's gonna make DAOs work i think love it nick i know you have to run but thanks for contributing that was brilliant and i pretty much agree <laughs> with almost everything you're saying uh so hopefully see you another time but um you know uh, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, so again, thanks for coming. Um, and um, on that point, uh, uh, no, not kind of just importing the old degrees and, and finding new systems. I really like that idea, both like what Bruno said about uh, 
reputation and and also the social aspect of, of the community um, verifying, accepting, and agreeing, having some sort of consensus that this person is an expert that they trust in a specific DAO. This is actually Dexy's approach as well to have experts approved locally by the DAOs um, to trust them with, you know, with obviously voting and governance. So I really like those approaches. But uh, since we're kind of approaching the hour mark here, there's another topic or subtopic. Yes, I really wanted to touch on. So I'll just jump to that if you don't mind. And that's, um, you know, Bernie mentioned this earlier a bit about how people don't participate in governance. They don't really care and they shouldn't be, um, shouldn't be counted, which I get. But I do wonder, you know, I've talked to people who do governance pretty much full time at, you know, ENS and others. And if you're a member of several DAOs, then it really does become hard to keep track of it even if you want to, right? So um, what ways are you seeing or are you thinking of in general uh, that may come for people to spend as little time as possible while getting a lot of governance done, right? How can we simplify it? For example, Vitalik was talking about, you know, account abstraction. Can we do the abstraction and how far can we take it? What can we do to make meaningful governance as easy as, you know, well, you know, check your email right now. It's something that our grandmas can do, you know, that kind of easy thing. What do you guys think about that? Um, it's going to be just to last this on me because I have to run also. But I would say that uh, we shouldn't optimize for quantity. It's going to be a prioritization game. The same way you can't juggle five full-time jobs, at least not effectively, you should not be able to expect that. You should not be, we should not expect to be able to juggle you know, ten DAOs and meaningfully contribute to all of them. If just in Polkadot and Kusama during the last two weeks, there was a lot of governing essence on drama. Despite the low turnout, despite the low voting, despite the you know, everything, every other DAO following all, um, it's still a, a massive pain in the ass to catch up with every single forum reply discussion on the topic. And then be accused by somebody random if you didn't read that one specific obscure reply in that one specific obscure corner where you missed it because, you know, there's been a hundred discussions on the same topic. It's it's not doable. And we should not expect people to do it. They will have to prioritize it. We'll have to do it. Um, there are some things that you will not be able to participate in it. And that's fine. You, when you have, you know, on... You, you will just have to pick the dialogue that are important to you, or if you're of the gambling persuasion, those that bring you the most income. Otherwise, expecting to really meaningfully contribute to all of them is, I think, pretty naive and, and won't exactly, won't really look. And there's no way to make it. We can abstract it all we want. We can make, you know, there's this alley newsletter that abstracts all the current governance issues in one newsletter. It's all the popular dial, the tries to give you a breakdown, but even that takes forever to read and then it misses the ones that you're part of that I did not mention. Um, I think it, it would just cause frustration and overhead and burnout. And, um, you know, nobody will wants to full find sitting on the and read people's crazy rants and every single proposal and every single day. Prioritize big piles that matter the most and just ignore those that they, uh, because they, there was no meaning of such issues for everybody. Um, yeah, with that, um, thank you for inviting me. I have to run. Um, yeah, man, thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope you can follow Kisala New in our Polygon. If you start playing with Altec, I'll have to help out on you know, what we do with Spyro. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I'll definitely take a look at it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, that, that was just a two. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, I think for that question, um, I actually agree with uh, Bruno as well because um, I think it's not like um, everybody have to participate in the deal because uh, you know not everybody is the good is a good decision maker. So so we just let yeah leave the decision to the right ones to do. So and also according to our observation data, uh, the more mature the DAO are, the the, the DAOs are the the more delegator de delegators will be. So basically for a, let me think, uh, NFT Central DAO, uh, ApeCoin, for example, um, they are having, uh, the, I mean, the uh, over 30, I believe. 
yeah, sixty over six sixty um percent of the voting power are uh, actually coming from the delegators, and also for uh blend uh balanced votes uh which is a defy centered out um like ninety percent of the voting power actually coming from the delegators. So so I think the more mature uh the DAO is um there will be more delegators for sure. Uh, so yeah, people are lazy. Um, and um, if we are like um have to like boost the participation, we need to add like motivation. Uh, on the governance, for example, I think there is a really good example. Uh, that is Avogadro. They have a pretty nice uh, uh like uh, participation on the DAOs. The way they do it is to like uh, rewarding everybody who participate in the in the governance with the SP. And those SPs are actually uh, really uh, pretty important in their gaming. So yeah, so basically it uh help them to uh encourage do the governance by giving them some of the benefits in the uh in the gaming. So um I think that's the only way how to like uh, encourage all of the members to to participate in uh in the governance. Anyway, I I think um not we don't have to like encourage everybody everybody to do that because a lot of you are not. <laughs> Uh, good decision makers. Yeah, it's yeah. It's I agree. It's just that you know, I if we want to at some point, if the goal, if the mission, whatever it is, of DAOs as a movement, is to replace any other form of organization, uh, in our lives, then of course people have to participate in multiple DAOs. In terms of you know, one could be your job DAO, one could be your uh, investment DAO, one could be your political DAO, one could be your social circle DAO, right? One could be your sports DAO, one could be your giving DAO, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, they can't do all of them, but people do have those different aspects to their lives and, and they do need to participate in them somehow. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of pushing that point because to me, I I look at my own DAO voting history and I keep forgetting about all of this. Uh, when the proposals are, what the proposals are, discussion is which DAOs I'm even a part of, right? So I have to keep checking it. And and, and yeah, so the question is, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good point because um, we are also noted that as well. And also some of the uh, like DAO participants giving uh, the feedbacks to us, to our platform as well. Um, I think we are offering, uh, we are like de uh, delivering this kind of feature very soon. That is a, no a notification for the DAO participants. Basically, it will uh, like give you the notification of uh, of the DAO meeting, for example, uh, and the uh, new DAO, uh, new proposals like uh, uh, proposed um, and the deadline of the proposal, etc. Uh, you can select all of the uh, like DAO news alerts, so it will send all of the information to you if um, yeah once you like subscribe on uh, this. So yeah, this will like help help you to like uh, to re uh, remember all of the stuff yeah yeah our, i think our next uh DAO talk next tuesday is going to be about notifications actually so we're going to talk a lot about that uh if you, if you have the time to then uh but yeah basically this is the dexia approach of just helping people uh know what exactly is going on with their DAOs. you know to let them set their own kind of notifications and reminders in a way that they can get them not something buried in emails and, and having all discussions right there where the proposals are just kind of basic housekeeping things that make it a lot easier. And for me, uh, it makes a lot of sense because again, I can't keep track of all my DAOs and I don't have that many. And um, I want to be able to passionately and actively participate in things I believe in, but if I don't even know what's going on and where and how, it's so confusing, right? Um, so I'm hoping we're, we're going towards that because right now it's it's totally a mess. I mean, let's be honest, right? Exactly. Um, and we have to choose to run it because um, uh, from our data, those uh, like core contributors with a specific DAO, they normally don't participate in a lot of DAOs uh, from the data source. So yeah, we have to choose maybe. Yeah, I'm hoping that we can shift more towards more people participating in diversity of opinions and because I don't know if you've seen it, you probably have that uh, most DAO decisions, most DAO proposals uh, are decided unanimously right? or almost unanimously. There's 
so little controversy. Uh, there are some, but most are like, should we do this? Okay, yes, everyone says yes. And then you look at it, and then everyone turns out to be the team in the whales, right? So what kind of DAO is that? Exactly. You have to do the campaign and uh, to weigh, uh, <laughs> to weigh uh, the first batch of the uh, like opinion leaders. And sometimes it's a, a little bit like tiring. For example, um, if um, you know there will be involved like politician, a uh, politic, uh, in within the DAO as well. It, uh, that definitely another thing that uh, is uh, tiring. So yeah, but you know, uh, the people who survive in the DAO will actually the batch of the people thrive. So you have to like go through all of the obstacles, and then you can like survive in the DAO space. Otherwise, you you will just choose another organization to participate in. Yeah, so that's kind of to sum it all up. As we're over now already, uh, DAOs definitely are evolving, right? But the evolution is not quite there. We're not really at DAOs yet. You know, if we're super honest. Uh, we're trying to be, and by we, I don't mean, you know, me personally or Dexter, me and you, I mean, you know, the space, of course, uh, we're, we're trying, there's definitely lots of building. There's definitely lots of, uh, different attempts and, and activity. Uh, it's just, it is personally, and I think professionally frustrating to see that we could do so much more and DAOs could be so much more uh, radical, so much more different than what we're used to in, in the old world, so to speak, right? In the industrial web two, whatever you want to call it, world. And so I'm hoping that, of course, there's going to be a bull run now. Of course, there's a lot of building now. So I'm hoping that we are on the edge of DAO, you know, 4.0, whatever you want to call it, the next stage of DAOs, where we're actually going to be um, seeing DAOs deliver all those things that kind of they've been promised from over the years. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm one hundred percent like sure bullish on the DAOs, even though it's like in bear market still. Uh, because in the last program, um, we actually pretty like, um, pretty focused on NFTs back then. Uh, when it's when in last like bear, uh, bear run, um, and uh, um, under that kind of circumstance, um, the the market is not good, but the data of NFTs actually rising um and we do see the nft boom after the bull is coming um but as for this round uh even though the market is bad right now all of the tvl is bad for DeFi and also for nfts but the the numbers of the DAOs are actually rising even for for last year and also for this year and uh, growth with a pretty nice rate actually so that's a really good sign and it's it just reminds me of the uh, NFTs market back then. So I'm pretty sure that there would be a yeah good good yeah good definitely a good future for uh, for DAO space when the bull market is coming. Yeah, that's yeah that's really good to end, and I hope so too, right? Um, but since you're the last one to end, the only one to stay, stick around till the end, and we already passed the hour. I'm going to ask you the, the question I always ask at the end. Uh, is there anybody or any project that you absolutely love and you want to kind of just give a shout out to right now so that our listeners can go check them out? Uh, since I am in the DAO space, I would definitely see... Uh, actually, I think Nick also mentioned that as well. So I'm pretty bullish on some of the DAOs like Nanso. Uh I am a holder of Nance and that they just uh, experienced the DAO for um and even the half of the people actually left and they take the body from the treasury uh but actually the the left half are actually really strong um and i'm pretty bullish on youngster because of the community um and also the they they're like always some like pioneering uh in the tech as well so yeah definitely uh shout out to to our uh, partner, uh, now style, and also for for us, um, yeah. As I mentioned before, uh, the past is a dark aggregator and search engine. We, we luckily we have aggregated the the major of the DAO info in the space. If you guys are newbie in the space, definitely check out uh, the past. So it will definitely give you a clear understanding about the DAO landscape and also um. Uh, 
if you are looking for which DAO is like more solid in, in specific metrics, you can definitely check out the lead, DAO leaderboard as well to check all of the ranks of the DAO um, and the specific details of specific DAOs as well. So yeah, that's time for the past a a tier would that would be definitely useful for for the newbies and also uh, both for and also for the professional players as well. So yeah, that's um that's um that's what I was want to th say. And thank you so much for inviting me for the Twitter space again. Thank you for coming. It's been super fun. And of course, yeah, I'll I'll check out the past. I already looked a little bit, but I'll check out some more and and we'll show it to the team and uh and just other members of of our DAO i'm sure would be excited to see it in general so um happy to talk uh more later about you know collabing all those things but for now uh huge thanks for coming huge thanks for everyone uh for coming to everyone who came today listened um this will be recorded this is being recorded so this will be on all our podcast channels um but in the meantime Thank you, Mia. Thank you earlier, Nick and Bruno, for coming as well. Me and panelists, we will be back next week with, I already kind of dropped a sneak peek. We're going to be talking about notifications and just knowing what is going on in your DAOs. Uh, it's going to be another interesting discussion, so talk to you then. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.